0: I don't know about you, but as, as we were singing and as we were listening this morning, the music carries great um, emotion and passion. And I think it's part of the way the music sounds, but it's also the words that we get to sing. Uh, we, as we think about the music, we sang, there is joy in the world that the Lord has come and let every heart prepare him room. We feel like the angels when we sing, Oh, come, all you faithful, come and behold him. Come and let us adore him. Christ is born in Bethlehem. Let heaven and nature sing. Let earth receive her king. He rules the world with truth and grace. And that is the reason why we come to worship on a day like this is because Jesus rules the world with both truth and grace. And it is our privilege to come into this place to offer him worship on this day. And so as we do that, as we prepare to read the scripture, let's offer prayer again to God. Jesus, you are the one that we bring our worship to for your sacrifice on the cross, for your humble birth, for your love for us. And so God, now open our hearts that we would receive your word as we read it, And as we understand it, help us then to understand it and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. So the scripture this morning is from uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. This is God's word. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, Where the Christ was to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So we read here, that these wise and curious visitors come from far away in the east to see the baby. And we can learn from their experience that it's worth our time to travel as well, to go on our quest as well, to find the baby Jesus and to find Jesus in our lives today. But who are these magi or these wise men that we sing about and that we read about? Well, in Matthew 2, we can learn these things about them. They are wise and curious men. They're traveling from the east. It says in the very first verse. They're on a quest following a star. Excuse me, a star. And when they fulfill their quest, they are overjoyed when the star comes over the house where they are. And so they worship the baby Jesus who will be the king. They present him with gifts, and then they're warned not to go back in the way that they came. William Barclay says that in uh, Bible times, these Magi would would be known to be astrologers, very intelligent men. Um, They were Magi from Persia, most likely, modern-day Iran. So it was a very long trip for them to come all the way from Iran over to Israel. In Persia, these Magi were known by scholars to be holy men who were uh, supposed to be present when sacrifices were made, when religious sacrifices were, were made. Another scholar, Lloyd Ogilvie, says that these magi were at that time to be known of men of holiness, wisdom, and interpreter of dreams. They were highly respected. And furthermore, many historians from Rome and Greece at that time expected a great king to be born in the Middle East. It was thought of by a lot of people that that would happen. So the magi's journey or quest to find this king, while it was a difficult journey, is not far-fetched at all, but was thought of by many to search for a king at that time. I read recently uh, just a little bit from Kevin Ford. He's a Christian, and he's a fan of the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings series, which is getting some uh, attention right now as well. And he makes the case that in those stories written by Tolkien, that Gandalf, the white wizard, says there's a difference between a quest and an adventure. Gandalf describes an adventure as a matter of choice. It's an undertaking designed primarily to relieve boredom or to satisfy a specific desire. But once the treasure is found in the adventure, the adventure is over, and the travelers return home unchanged, having fulfilled their adventure. A quest, on the other hand, uh, is a response to a compelling call. And this kind of journey or quest might be uncomfortable, risky and sometimes dreadful but it is also full of unexpected joy to go on such a quest so I think the magi were on a quest and God calls us in our lives to go on those kinds of quests as well now the magi used the stars to guide them they had to cross a lot of land as we read from uh, Persia all the way to Israel they probably went by foot or by camel on this long and incredible journey. For them, in their Christmas story, there were no planes, trains, or automobiles to get them there. They didn't know if they would find a king that they were looking for. They were taking a risk by trying to find this king who would be Jesus, and they might fail in this risk or in this trip. But it turned out to be a life-changing, emotional trip for them, and they had to give something of themselves in the attempt to find the king. So doesn't a quest to find Jesus sound exciting, you know, for them and for us? Don't we want to seek and find Jesus in our lives? You know, as we think about it, even in the next 10 days, aren't we seeking, aren't we looking for, aren't we looking for evidence of Jesus in our lives as we approach Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? And when we find him, the one we are looking for, don't we want to bow down and worship as the Magi did? Don't we want to walk alongside him in our journeys of our lives because it's the best way to live when we go with him on our journeys? Um, I don't know about you, but there's part of me uh, that I really like predictability. I like things really um, orderly. And I'll admit, I like my comfort as well. Um, So I don't know about you, but that's where I am. So sometimes to go on an adventure of reaching out or going on a quest which sounds risky, kind of goes against the grain for me. But it, when we think about it, when we take a look at it, it's the best way to go, it's the best way to live. To follow God in relationship, to take risks, to listen to Him, to listen when He calls us, um, to do something different, um, to take a chance on something, to take an opportunity to develop a relationship, to reach out to help someone in need, even though it might be awkward or uncomfortable. Those are the kinds of quests that God calls us to go on in our lives, and it's the best way to live. I know when I go on those kinds of adventures or quests in my life, I find that I get uncomfortable. And so when I get uncomfortable, I pray more. I depend on God more in my life. I have to kind of get out of my comfort zone, get out of my box, out of my normal routine. I have to think more about others and I realize that I can't do it all myself, that sometimes my problems or part of the adventure is too big for me, and I have to ask others for help, which is a good thing, or I have to go back again and again for God, to God to ask him to guide me on my journey. And Those are good places to be in our lives, but if we're not like the magi, if we desire um, comfort and predictability and even control, we might be a little bit more like, King Herod. Now, not totally, but somewhat. So, who's Herod and what's he like? Well, Herod, we read in Matthew 2, was the king and that he was disturbed, it says, in Matthew 2, 3, as he heard the news of Jesus being born in his area. He was crafty. It says that he secretly called the magi together to ask them about when they had seen the star and where it was going and if they would report back to him so that he too could worship this new king. And so he felt threatened by the presence of, or the possibility of a new king in Bethlehem. So Herod, he was disturbed. It's because he is mean and he likes power and he wants to share his power with no one. He's crafty. He uses this power for bad purposes. He's a liar. He does not want to worship Jesus. We find out later that he wants to kill and to get rid of the baby. Anyone who threatens his power, he wants to be rid of. Herod was described as insanely suspicious of anyone who might threaten him or his kingdom. So we can't totally relate to Herod, at least I hope not for us, that we would use extreme measures to protect ourselves or our authority or our power. But if we think about it on a little lower level, if we're tempted to remain comfortable and predictable and to let nothing threaten our place in life, I believe that God Is nudging us, or maybe even pushing us, through the Holy Spirit, to get out of our comfort zones and to think about um, how we might follow Him in a different kind of quest. And when we do that, we are in a better place. And so, as we go to that place of uh, that journey with God, let's look again at the wise men. What did the wise men or the magi do? They they find the star. They study it. They find the star. They follow it to Jerusalem then to Bethlehem where Joseph and Mary were. And then what is their response to fulfilling their quest? Did they turn quickly and go away? Does it appear that they are just kind of, it's okay, they, they got there, they made their trip, now it's time to turn around and go, go home? No, it says they were overjoyed. You know, this scripture here is full of emotion. They were overjoyed at fulfilling their quest in finding the baby Jesus. And it says they bowed down. Here they are, they're wise men, they're respected, they're intelligent, and they traveled a long way, and yet they bow down because God has shown them that they followed that star to that place to worship the new king. And then they give gifts, they give treasures, and these are the things they had brought on their quest. Now, the, the gifts that the Magi bring have a lot of meaning. We may read through them quickly about what they are, but they really have a lot of meaning, the gold. Gold was thought of in that time as a gift for kings as they're coming to the new king. They bring incense or frankincense, which was a gift for priests to be ter- to be burned in temple sacrifice. Jesus would be a king and a priest. And they brought myrrh, which was a gift for someone who was going to die or a gift for sacrifice. So think about it. You know, gold for a king, incense for a priest, and myrrh for sacrifice. They're Gifts had great meaning. And they were bringing their gifts <clears throat> to, uh, to Jesus. They were bringing their gift to Jesus. Here he is. He's not the king yet in a, in a king kind of setting, we would think. In fact, he never will be. He'll be a king by, through his service and by his humility, how he leads, by example. But he's wrapped in swaddling clothes, it says. He is God's son, born to poor parents, to live a hard life, to know the kind of hard lives that we sometimes live. But he also lived a perfect and a sinless life, a good life, because Jesus was not only human, but also divine. He was God, and he was God with us. And he is worth our quest. So these wise, spiritual, holy men from the East, they took action as we should take action, and they bowed down and worshiped. And we have been worshiping today as we sang these very words. We sang, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, Peace on Earth and Mercy Mild. And why do we sing those words? It says, Because God and sinners are reconciled. God and sinners are reconciled through the birth and then through the sacrifice of Jesus the King. So what is our response to Jesus' arrival? We sing praise. We bow down in our hearts, in our choices, in our actions. We bow down to offer him worship and honor and glory. And then we are called to bring our gifts as well, our gifts, our talents, our abilities, to look for the ways that we can use the things that God has given us to serve him in our stories with the Christ child. So for us, do we want to be a little bit more like Herod? Uh, People who... Uh, maybe protect our place, or feel threatened when things change? Or do we want to be more like the Magi and be on a quest? And I think that's where we want to be. We want to be on a quest for things that matter, for meaning, for purpose, for significance in our lives, for places where we can put others, the needs of others above ourselves. We can help those as Jesus did, if he's the perfect example, those who were poor. And hurting and in need, those who we might invite into relationship in our lives. So we ask these questions of ourselves. I ask them of myself and of you. Who do you want to be? And what is your quest? And what gifts do you bring to the Christ child? So I encourage you over these next 10 days to listen to God in your life, to see where He wants you to go in this season of your life, and then ask yourself, what kind of quests are you on during this Christmas season? What is God calling you to do? And then what kind of gifts can you bring to him? Your gifts and talents that will make a difference for others in the world. So, like the Magi, if you seek God, God is with you. God is with us, Emmanuel, and you will fulfill your quest. Because God promises us, if you seek God with all your heart, you will find him. So this Christmas, seek God and fulfill your quest with Jesus. Let's pray. Most loving God, we give you thanks that you love us, that you care about us deeply. Lord, I don't know where everyone is in this room and their lives with you today. Lord, I'm sure we're, we come from a lot of different places, places where there are things in our lives that aren't right or places where, um, in our lives where there's tremendous joy But God, wherever we come from today, as we have come into this room, as we've heard beautiful music, as we've sang songs of praise, as we have worshiped you, God, then help us to seek you and to find you in these next 10 days of Christmas. And not to stop there, but to um, continue to go on quests in our lives to seek your will for what you would have us to do and give us strength to do that. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen.